When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight at 7.06. Keeping an eye on the Raptors game as well. They are going to the playoffs again. They're up in Orlando, 91-74, only halfway through the third quarter. ton of points for the Raptors tonight. Flames and Avalanche just getting underway in Calgary. We'll uh, just sing the national anthem right now, so we'll have a score update as they move along into that one. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. It is the Oilers and Kings tomorrow. I'm very lucky to do this show, and uh, I, love, I, I love stories. I love bringing people's stories to you, and it's so cool, the variety of people that I get to talk to. And one of my favorites to talk to is Bob Miller, who's been the play-by-play voice of the Los Angeles Kings since since 1973. I've interviewed him mid-season. I've interviewed him uh, in the middle of Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I believe once we did an interview where it was in the middle of summer and he was lying by his pool, and I'm glad to interview him again tonight. Bob, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Thank you very much, Reed. I'm doing really well, and uh, since I'm retiring after two more broadcasts, the end of the season, you may be interviewing me in the future lying by my pool. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I'll t- I never turned out an opportunity to have you on the show. Uh, l- let me just uh, ask a little bit. I don't want to, you know, pry too personally uh, into your health, but uh, you know, you are a public figure, and there was uh, some stuff written about you and, and broadcast about uh, you know some tough times you had. Just let everybody know how you're feeling. Well, I'm feeling pretty good. I had uh, some incidents during the past season: uh, quadruple bypass, uh, heart surgery, and then. Uh, a couple of mild strokes, one of them at the All-Star weekend. And uh, and I had in my mind for quite a while, Reed, that, you know, I didn't want to work uh, all my life. I wanted to retire when I still was able to enjoy it. And those incidents kind of really prompted me to say, look, I think it's time after 44 years and 57 overall in radio and TV and 3,500-some games uh of hockey broadcasts, uh, just time to kick back and take it easy a little bit. So that's what I plan to do. You know, people are probably listening thinking how tough you are because you just talked about quadruple bypass surgery and a couple of minor strokes in a sentence like a hockey player might say, oh, yeah, I've just shot, bounced off my knee, no big deal. I mean, I mean, it sounds like you've got a great attitude and you've been pretty tough through the whole situation. Well, it was uh, it was fine. I was uh, I was in a good frame of mind going into the uh, heart surgery. I had a great surgeon here in L.A. and uh, uh, so uh, you know I had I'd had a few pains 
chest pains before, and then I thought they told me, oh, it's muscular. It's got nothing to do uh, with your heart. And uh, every time I'd get one, I thought, I, I hope they're right. So I was ready to say, let's, let's go in there and really find out what's going on. So I think your attitude going in to surgery like that has a lot to do with your, with your recovery. So you're going to do uh, games, what are we looking at here, April 8th against Chicago and April 9th uh, when, uh, when the Kings play the Ducks? I mean, how do you, how do you feel knowing that, 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 that that's it? You're going into those two games and then, you know, there's a little bit of finality, at least career-wise. Is it, is, it, is it weird? Are you excited? How are you feeling? No, I'm excited about that. I really am. Uh, we had a news conference where I announced that, uh, those were going to be my last two games, and we had some laughs, and uh, I didn't want it to be a sad occasion uh, because I was ready for that. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to those uh, two games and hope I can live up to the guys who've been replacing me when I had the health problems. So uh, I think it'll be fine. Unfortunately, as you know, it looks like neither of those games would mean anything to the Kings because uh, – they're not mathematically out of the playoffs, but it's a long shot right now. But they might mean something to uh, Chicago and Anaheim as far as placement in the in the league and who they play in the playoffs. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, you're right. Well, and let's face it, that uh, Anaheim LA game could affect the Edmonton Oilers too, right? Depending on the uh, the the positioning uh, as well, um, Bob. And I do want to talk to you about this year's edition of the Kings, but but I mean for for someone in broadcasting, I've I've always found your career really uh, really fascinating. What what do you what got you interested in broadcasting to begin with? I mean, you mentioned fifty seven years ago in uh, in radio and TV. What uh, what gave you the broadcasting bug when you were getting started? Well, it was uh, playing uh, little league baseball and listening to Chicago announcers in all the sports and thinking. What a great job that would be to be at the ballpark or the Coliseum or the arena every night, uh, every day, and get paid to do it. And so I'd be playing Little League Baseball and broadcast the game that I was playing in and uh, listen to somebody like Bob Elson did the White Sox for 40 years. And, Reed, I remember then thinking, 40 years the guy has been with one team. I can't believe that. And now I look back and think I've been with the Kings for 44 so uh, I knew when I went to the University of Iowa that I wanted to major in radio and TV and have a career, hopefully, in this industry. And it worked out perfectly for me. And I'm, I'm very honored and very blessed to uh, have had that opportunity for so many years. Well, and the Kings history in itself is, is pretty fascinating. They came in as that, that second six or original 12, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I mean, they had Marcel Dion. They had some good teams. The 80s weren't that great until later in the 80s. They get Gretzky, couldn't quite win a cup. And then, uh, you know, you look at the last seven or eight years, a couple of cups and, and one of the franchises that a lot of other teams in the league have have looked up to. So you've, you've kind of seen uh, all of it you know, during that tie with the Kings. I've seen uh, the ups and the downs, that's for sure. And, uh, I like the ups a lot better. I, I think the whole uh, the whole scene changed here in L.A. when they acquired Wayne Gretzky. As you said, we did have some 
pretty good teams before that with that triple crown line. They were fun to watch. And, and, uh, and then when Gretzky got here, so many people became interested in the Kings because they wanted to see a great player like Wayne Gretzky. And then the two Stanley Cups read, uh, you know, the first one especially when people thought, and I was one of them, I may have to retire and never see this team win a cup. So it was so thrilling that when they came out of nowhere as an eighth seed and dominated the playoffs in 2012, it went right through every round of the playoffs with a 3 nothing lead and uh, a record of 16-4 and four to win the cup. And we thought, you know, I said to my wife, are we going to go to all these Stanley Cup parties? She said, of course we are. We may never see this again. Two years later, we see it again. And it was so different because that was a series where they were down three games to none to San Jose, won four straight over the Sharks to eliminate them, and then some overtime, double overtime wins against the Rangers in the finals. So uh, those were tremendously exciting times, and I'm so grateful that I got to, to see them and announce them. L.A. Kings broadcaster Bob Miller joining us inside sports on 630 Chet. Of course, the Kings face the Oilers tomorrow. I, I know you'll be uh, watching this one, Bob, getting ready to call the Kings' final two games of the regular season. Uh, but you, you touched on, on the Kings this year. And I, I'm interested in your perspective because I you know, I watched them from afar and, and have seen when they played the Oilers this season. Jonathan Quick got hurt bad early in the season, missed a lot of time, and a lot of people thought, well, they're not going to be able to keep the puck out of their own net, but it seems to me that the bigger problems have been in the offensive end of the ice. No doubt about it. Uh, Daryl Sutter is a proponent of tough defense and good defense, and that's what the Kings are. Uh, but uh, they're losing games, you know, one nothing, can't score. Uh, so the offense has really been a problem, and uh, it's puzzling to a lot of people because they've got guys like Kopitar and, He's, he's struggled this year, and Gavrick has struggled. And so, uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those years when uh, it seemed they couldn't get a break, couldn't uh, put the puck in consistently, and uh, were losing games. And, you know, we thought maybe they had a chance right to the end, but the Kings can't win. And then you had St. Louis and Edmonton and Calgary come up with some outstanding seasons and get real hot right toward the end and uh, and pull away. So it's been disappointing because it'll be two times in the last three years now the Kings have not been in the playoffs, and they only won one game in a playoff round in between those. So it's going to be three years with only one win in a game. Not a, not a series win, but one game win in those three years in the playoffs. You mentioned Daryl Sutter, obviously, uh, you know, from Viking, Alberta, with uh, the, the Sutter family. And I've never met Daryl, um, but, I mean, I, I work with Rob Brown, who had him as a coach. And when whenever Daryl is in, like, we'll play his postgame comments, and he's always pretty quick and to the point. But every, a lot of people tell me that's not really his, his personality. What's it like to sit and talk hockey with Daryl Sutter, or just a matter to just sit and talk with him when the microphone is not turned on? Well, it, it's fun. Uh, when the microphone's on, he's really cautious about what he's going to say. Uh, although I did about a 45-minute interview with him one uh, year when Fox Sports wanted me to get together with him. And what we did, Reed, is talk more about uh, the life on the, on the ranch up there in Alberta and 
having all those brothers play in the NHL, and he loves to talk about that. Uh, more so, if you want to talk about why is this guy not on right wing and why isn't he playing, he doesn't like to talk about that. But if you talk about his family and how close-knit they are and how talented they are to have all those brothers play in the NHL and now having uh, uh, cousins and everybody else uh, play, uh, he loves to talk about that. So we had a, we had a really nice about 40-minute conversation uh, talking about life on the ranch. And uh, he's very loyal to, uh, to his family, and, uh, and they're very proud of him. So, uh, you know, you just can't get into the real hockey business with him if you're, if you're on the air. And Bob, one more for you. I should ask you about the the current edition of the Oilers. You've seen you mentioned you've seen good Kings teams and good bad teams. You've seen great Oilers teams and really poor Oilers teams, and they've been in the same division uh, pretty much most of the time uh, as well. When you've been able to watch the Oilers, I mean, I know McDavid stands out, but uh, what has been uh, your assessment of the Oilers taking a pretty big step forward this year? Well, they certainly did take a big step forward, and I think that's the that, along with, in my opinion, the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, the two biggest surprises in the league. I know Calgary has been better, and uh, but I don't think most people expected the Oilers to be this good and where they are in the standings this quickly after missing the playoffs for, what, 10 years. And uh, uh, so it was fun to go up there and watch, fun to go to the new Rogers Arena, beautiful arena downtown, and, uh, and see them play. And, and see McDavid, uh, the speed that he has and the thing, moves that he has, things that he does on the ice are spectacular. So uh, they've, they've spent a long time uh, down in the basement, not in the playoffs, and, and I'm happy to see them having the success they have right now. Bob, it's always great to have you on the show. I will definitely take you up on your offer, and some uh, night this summer when you're out by the pool, we'll just bring you on and we can talk about L.A. sports or hockey or, or who knows what. Sound like a deal? That's, that's good with me. I look forward to it, that's for sure. Bob, enjoy the rest of the year. Take care, man. Okay, Reed. Thank you very much. Nice to be with you. Great to have Bob Miller on the show. Yes, as he said, 44 years as the play-by-play voice of the Los Angeles Kings. And I just love talking to him. Uh, obviously, he touched on uh, some health difficulties that he had, but he's, he's looking forward to calling his final two games April 8th and 9th. And uh, he's a guy who has seen a lot during his time in the NHL. Inside Sports on 630 Chet at 719, back after the break. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Great to have Bob Miller on the show. You can always text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. The uh, Calgary Flames have already scored against Colorado. Monaghan is 26th, came on the power play just a minute 30 in. So one nothing Flames over the Avs, nine minutes in. Blues up one nothing on the Coyotes. That is halfway through the second period. Chicago and Tampa Bay going at it. It's 4-4 after Two, it was 4-1 for Chicago at one point, so Tampa Bay rallying. Predators lead the Islanders 2-1. That's halfway through the third. Also in the third, Red Wings up 3-2 on the Hurricanes and Buffalo with a 4-2 edge on the Florida Panthers. Oilers and 
Kings tomorrow at Rogers Place. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 7. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'm pleased to welcome back to the palatial 6.30 Chad Broadcasting Compound World Champion Boxer, Jelena Marjanovic. Jelena, how are you going? How, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing well, yeah. It's great to see you again. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be back. I always love coming in here to chat. It's different on the phone than it is in studio. It's much better in person. Yes. It's my, though you have to look at me on the phone, you don't have to see me. Well, I'm glad nobody can see me today, too. I took a couple couple hits on uh, Friday, and I have a little bit of a black eye, so I'm looking a little haggard today. You look you look fine. You look like a, how a boxer should look. Uh, so what? You, you're, uh, what is it, nine-time world champion? Eight. Eight-time eight world champion. What belts do you have right now? I have the WBC and WBA featherweight world titles. All right. And uh, you got a fight coming up? I am uh, going back to France. So I'm going to do a rematch there. I wasn't quite, I wasn't very pleased with my performance. And I mean, I think but you any, won. Oh, I won. Um, I won clearly. Um, but you never, you know, when anybody asks for a rematch, that's always an insult to me. So, um, you know, I obviously didn't perform as well as I wanted to. And, and I let it go to the judges and I don't know how, but one judge saw it as as a win for her. So it was a split. It was win, a split decision. Split decision. As they say. So they had um I think it was seven to three rounds for me, so ninety seven, ninety three, and then I don't even know what the other judge had it. He was out to lunch, so um I the didn't. one that had her winning? Yeah. Um <laughs> I, I thought he. I asked him if he needed to get his glasses checked the next morning when I ran into him. I literally well, ran into him over? at the hotel. Um, huh? Everybody was booked at the same place. And how I, did he, How did he like hearing that? Well, I wasn't sure if he ent- entirely understood me because I don't think he spoke English, which is maybe one of the problems. But. Uh, um, you know, so I, I let it go to the judges, and so this time I, I want to go out, I want to execute properly, and and kind of not leave it up to anybody but myself. All right, so you're fighting the same opponent. Yes. And this was, I think, October, the previous fight? Yes. Has she fought in the interim? No, neither one of us has. All right, so she's been biding her time to get back at you, so she's going to be really angry. Well, I mean, I think... You know, there's things that, that don't change, and one is nerves. She was... I mean, that might... It might play a little bit of a difference. She was extremely nervous when I went to France last time. I think I mentioned this last time I was on the show um, after I came back. And I didn't see her. I didn't have any media obligations. I didn't have, like, they came and met us in a park by the hotel to do my media. We didn't, I didn't actually see her prior to the bout. I mm-hmm. think maybe at weigh-ins for like a minute. And um, you know, I'm I'm anybody who knows me, I'm very respectful of my opponents. I respect all the training and and how, what it took to get them there to that point. So, you know, I wish her good luck and she kind of looked like she was going to pee herself a little bit. Like she was really nervous. Had she ever fought for a title before? Mm-hmm. Um, some interim international something title but, but not, not at the level not the WBA or no. WBC no so are both your belts going to be on the line absolutely all yeah. right uh well I want to hear more about that and your preparation because I find that uh, very fascinating what you do to get ready and you're also the s- subject of a movie that's uh, yes, coming a, out a mini documentary a mini yes. documentary all about you well it, it actually it's great because it's um it's about me, yes, but it's also about the lead-up for my fight in France okay. that happened in October. All right, well, we're going to get the full story when we get back. Boxer Jelena Mergenovic in studio, Inside Sports on 630 Chad. We're coming back after the news.
this is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oiler, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Shad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 7:33, four and a half minutes left in the first period. Calgary up one nothing on Colorado in the NHL. We'll give you your full scoreboard in a few minutes. My name is Reed Wilkins. Oilers and Kings tomorrow at Rogers Place. Our coverage will start at 5:30. I'm pleased to be joined in studio by eight-time world boxing champion Jelena Marjanovic. Thanks again for coming in. Oh, anytime. You enjoying the Oilers season? Yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to make it down to the game on Saturday. Um, I don't get a lot of a lot of access to a lot of games because I'm at the gym all the time. I like pretty much live there right now. I'm in training camp, but uh, it was nice to get out and, and see the boys with the big W. Um, and on Saturday, right? Now you're a proud Edmontonian. And oh, supporter yeah. of the Oilers and all Eskimos and all teams and athletes. I mean, you're, you're not shy about that. But um, for you to sort of see, and, and again, you mentioned you can't see every game because you're busy yourself, but for, for you to see the Oilers doing better and on the verge of clinching a playoff spot, I mean, are you like everybody else, like finally, or, or you're just excited? Where's your headspace? You know, I think this is amazing. It's amazing for the city. It's it's been a little bit of a dry spell for the boys, um, but you know, being an athlete and knowing what these guys go through day in and day out, you you kind of have the like, okay, boys, like finally you're getting this like, you know, this thing off your back, and and we're moving forward. So, you know, let's cross our fingers, everything goes well, and and the boys go on a little bit of a run here. You know, I I um, you know, I have a couple friends that play on the team, and and they're they're great guys. So you want to see nothing but success for them. You you played team sports, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. you were a basketball player because you were going to be a panda, right? Right, yeah. Uh, and now boxing is, you know, a very... I, I mean, I know you have people helping you and training you, but once you're in there, I mean, it's an individual sport. How do you compare, you know, being part of a team environment to competing as a boxer? You know, I... And this is something I learned throughout my career. Um, you have to trust your team, right? So I, I do have a phenomenal team with me. Like my trainer has been with me, Milan Lubavaki has been with me my entire boxing career. Um, River Valley Health has been behind me, keeping me able to like function and move and and work. And they've been training me, and they're amazing. And and so you have to learn how to trust people with you. Um, you know, Mel with KO is is my promoter, and I trust them. But you're right. At the end of the day, it's just when that bell goes, it's just me and my opponent. Mm-hmm. And I don't have teammates help pick me up. I you know I get Milan and I get to argue in the corner for a minute in between I say argue because it's that's usually how it works out um he's like my second dad and sometimes you know he's he's not always right 95 actually I should say 99% of the time he's right but um I am a female and I do argue <laughs> no um wait like mid fight you'll argue oh yeah we aren't like, you like trying to concentrate this, and this is I was saying from the beginning of my career, one thing I wished, looking back now, was I wish I had Milan and I mic'd up every in the corner of. Tell every me something fight. you've argued about in the middle of a oh, bout. 
everything anything you can think of. it is so terrible like we've had people he always has help in the corner like with the stool and things like that so he can focus or if there's a cut and and people have looked and like after the corner they like look at us they're like are you, are you too insane like you have one minute one minute to talk about and we're we're arguing like about something that happened in camp or someone in the crowd like just oh stupid. it's not even a, a direction he's a- given you and a direction too like okay. it's a little bit of everything so you know he's um that sounds very counterproductive to me. Milan knows me better than I know myself sometimes. And sometimes I just need to, sometimes I overthink things and I try and overanalyze. And I, I'm really hard on myself. Um, and that's, I mean, it, it's reason why, it's, it is the reason why I'm so successful. But it is also why I kind of get in my own headspace and, and make it harder on myself. Like, have you so, actually been yelling at each other? Oh, like when we were younger, when I was, I should, well, he was younger as well, but when I was younger, I, I mean, my whole family, my, my family's probably listening and being like, yep, that's right. I am stubborn. So, um, uh, I was very stubborn and, and I mean, like I said, I, I'm, I'm stubborn and I'm a female and I'm always right. So, um, Milana well, used to get into it occasionally here and there, but now, you know, we, we're calmer. We're not as you know, hot-tempered, both of us. You know, we've done this 48 times. So, now, Have you, you know, ever refused to follow his direction in a fight? No, but You've always gone out and tried to execute. Well, I try. I try. I can't say I'm always successful at ex- executing Right, but, but just to make it simple, he's never said, throw the left, and, and you've gone out there and said, no, I'm throwing me. right. No. You've never been that... I mean, the only thing Defiant. he would, he would argue and say every time he he tells me every time in the corner for forty eight fights, keep your hand up, keep your left hand up. So he would argue that I would not keep it up on purpose, but that is not intentional. <laughs> this black guy is not intentional. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jelena Brjanovic joining us in studio inside sports on six thirty. Chad, you're in training camp right now. And when you have, and you have a film coming out, we want to talk about that. But you're in training camp right now, May 18th. You're going to fight, defend your titles uh, in France against the opponent you beat in October. Tell people what a typical day or even week of of training camp is like, because I can't imagine what it would be like preparing. So, like, with just that one date in mind. Yeah, you definitely want everything to peak at the right time, right? So, um, oh, I'll walk you through today, for example. Today, um, I was up. You got to get up, have breakfast. Um, I'm out the door in training um, at River Valley today. I, three days a week, I'm at the base, um, River Valley Health. They do my conditioning, my strength and conditioning, and they also do my treatment. Um, so I get, I mean, I've had... I'm 34 years old, 48 fights. That's a lot of miles on anybody. Um, So I got to make sure that my body is working properly. And so I get a lot of active release and chiropractic work done on me. Um, And so I'm there usually from about 9 till about 11.30. So it's it's a long morning. Um, And then I head off. I got to... I have to make sure I eat again. I'm I'm terrible at eating. I forget. Like I just get busy, and you know, every every nutritionist is probably shaking their head. Like I forget to eat until it's too late, till I'm hangry, and then everybody gets upset when I snap. But it's my fault. So um, so I have to make sure I eat. I run into our our my family's business. Um, I check in there because I. I do work part time, and they are understanding. However, I still have to be responsible. So, right. um, 
I do that. I do some running around, make sure I have all my gym stuff ready for four o'clock. And right now we've just changed gyms. We were at Avenue and things didn't quite work out well for us down there. So we moved to Panther Gym now, which is where we're training. And uh, we're there four to six in the evenings. And then we're also at Centoro Boys Boxing Club for sparring. So that's why this happened on Friday. Okay, so how many, so a couple hours a day you'll actually have boxing gloves on and be either sparring or... Two two hours a night, five days a week. So is that straight sparring or do you uh, hit you you do know, drills. the bag? Or? You do drills, like okay. you skip, you shadow box, you hit the speed bag, we do hand pads, bag. And sparring, sparring happens um, right now, we're sparring about twice a week, so we're just easing back into it okay um i've had what four three four sessions now three sparring sessions um and you know the fight is six weeks away so we'll definitely amp that up coming up um but you don't spar every night and especially at my age and my amount of fights um sparring is selective you want more quality than quantity okay i, I mean so who will you me, spar with um, I have, t there's two boys at, um, at Santoro Boys Boxing Club, um, okay. they're brothers actually, Rafi and um, Carlito, and they're going to be my sparring, my primary sparring partners for this camp. Okay. Um, will you ever like, uh, like, like Rocky go in like a freezer and punch <laughs> a big side of beef? It's hilarious. My, my dad... <laughs> My dad I love is. How you're actually answering the well, question because this is hilarious. Because my dad is a uh, he is a farmer as well. Like I was, I grew up on a ranch, and and so my dad has had these buffalo and cattle. He's butchering and hanging, and he just built this meat storage, um, this meat locker for all of this meat that he is butchering. And he's like, honey. I who needs to open a gym or do anything? And he goes, I have the gym locker for you, the meat locker. And I was like, Dad, you know, I don't think that's quite sanitary for your meat. I was like, I was kidding. Of course you can't go in there and touch my precious meat. <laughs> oh, geez, this is real life. This is this is my life. 743 Inside Sports on 630 Chet, joined by Jelena Mergenovic, world champion. She's fighting in France on May 18th to defend her belt. Okay, so you got the movie coming out. Uh, it's premiering on on Friday, at yep. the art gallery. Uh, it is. Uh, that's the premiere. It's a private screening for sponsors. Right. And, right. I should yeah. say everybody and can't then, just go. And then the premiere is actually we're doing a second viewing. Well, the actual premiere on April 11th at the Garneau. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So, so private that's open one, to the public. Private one this Friday. Yeah. So if you don't have an invite, sorry, but you can go <laughs> April 11th to, to the Garneau. <laughs> Uh, okay, so tell us, first of all, how did this come to be that somebody mm. said, or maybe it was your idea, I don't know, no. let's make a Jelena movie? Oh, goodness, no. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm that entertaining, to be honest with you, but um, Groove Picks, uh, Pollyanna and Ryan with Groove Picks, thought I was. Um, really, I, I met Pollyanna through Dom Metz and um, uh, just through friends, and, and she is a... She boxes for fitness, and she's been out at Panther Gym. They produced, Groove Picks produced um, Against the Ropes, which followed a couple of amateur fighters from Panther Gym. Um, and they had funding from Telus Optic TV. So Pollyanna, I met her through people, and she's been a, a fan of boxing and, and of mine, I guess, um, for a while. And so she approached me, and she said, we really want to do this documentary about you. And I was already training for my fight. I had just started training for my fight. Um, 
I guess it would have been August, September. So this was training for the first fight for in France in October. In France. Okay, so they started filming la- late last summer. Yeah, so they kind of approached me and they're like, "Hey, we want to follow your training camp and and the road to France kind of thing." You know, um, it loosely is based on the 24/7 HBO 24/7s and mm-hmm. the Showtime Road to the fights. Okay, so is that? Did you at all find that intrusive? Where oh, geez, I'm just training and there's a camera, or they want to interview me after just what I consider a normal day of training. Well, so this was the thing. So, I mean, they approached me and they're like, what do you think? And I was like, okay, listen, these are my, these are my terms. Mm -hmm. I am getting ready for a fight. I'm going into somebody else's, an undefeated fighter's backyard. Um, So, like, training is serious. Like, you work hard. And I think that's the thing we downplay a lot. Milan and I is like, oh, yeah, no, it's just another day for us. Well, actually, it's another day that someone wants to be a hero and wants to take my head off and, and take my titles. Mm-hmm. So we take every day in training camp very seriously. Um, so that being said, I, I basically told them, I was like, you guys can't. I'm not pausing to shoot things. If you miss it, you miss it. We aren't redoing things. You know, I've done quite a few um interviews and everything throughout my career so I was like I, I don't know if I really want to do this guys like this is serious um, you can come and you can hang out at the gym but you have to be a fly on the wall you can't get in the way mm-hmm. you can't bug Milan because he'll lose his mind on me and I don't want that and you can't get in my way and they're like no no, no this is what we want to do we want to sit from the outside we want to be there a lot so you're comfortable with us and we want to get a real look into your training camp. So we want this to be as real as we can make it. So th- I was like, ah, and I, I believe relationships and events like this. And I believe everything happens for a reason. And I think in that case, you have to go with your gut. And I thought um, Pollyanna is an amazing person. And, and I really got a good vibe from her. And as, as same with Ryan. And, and I felt really comfortable with them. So I went with my gut, which... You know, thankfully it worked out for me, but um, I, I didn't really consult with, I checked with Milan, but I didn't consult with too many people. I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And they were like, oh, great. Okay, we're going to start next week. And then they, did, they, did they come and shoot the fight in <laughs> France? Yeah. So we're so, going to get to see some footage of that too. So they were down in the gym probably two nights a week. They they basically followed me around. They came mm-hmm. for some of the, my runs. Um, they came to the base with me. They came to... Uh, the boxing gym. They came to France. Um, they did all the stuff in France, and and honestly, they became part of the team. Like you're saying, you know, it's only me in the ring. But when I was very fortunate in France, I had probably 30 people come down to support me, including my family, but including people like Jerry Gilroy, who supported from Independent Jewelers. He supported every single fight in Edmonton that I've had, including coming to France. Like people like that, like incredible like I, I you, you never take time to step back and be like wow that is super awesome mm-hmm. um, how much support that I've developed and I I don't take it for granted but I think I don't get to appreciate it as much as I should because you're always in the moment I want to find out what you think of the, the finished product or at least uh-huh. what, what you've seen because that must be interesting to see a documentary about yourself. Boxer Jelena Marjanovic in studio. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. 
right, NHL tonight. Flames up 1-0 on the Avs after the first. After two, it's St. Louis up 2-0 on the Coyotes. In the third, Chicago and Tampa Bay tied 4-4. The rest of these are final. Predators over the Islanders 3-1. Wings beat the Hurricanes 4-3 in overtime. And Buffalo knocking off Florida 4-2. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630. Ched, Jelena Marjanovic in studio. We have a text here. Reed, can you ask her how long she will stay boxing? That is from Bacchus in Barhead. You know, I, I get to ask that a lot because I guess because I'm old and I've had a lot of fights. Um, but I, I feel like it's something that you have to go fight to fight on now. Um, you know, I, there's still a lot I want to accomplish. I think women's boxing is getting into its prime. Um, it's people are now accepting it. Um, there's been a lot of fights on on TV now and pay-per-views and things like that. So, I mean, it's really gaining momentum. So I definitely feel like I want to be a part of that. And you know, I'm healthy. I love going to the gym still. I feel like when I start losing that drive and that passion for the sport, then I'll start considering maybe retirement. Right now I'm healthy and I'm I'm at the I'm at the top of my game. I'm I'm number one in my division. I'm ranked number five or six pound for pound. I mean, it's hard to consider so, retirement. So you're a, a featherweight? I am. So is that like the lightest weight class or there? No, there's, I think it goes down to atom weight, which is like one, 101 or 105 okay. pounds or something. So I, you know, that is one of the things that I want and I've spoke about it openly. I would potentially, if my body allows me to, I'd like to drop one more weight division, oh, okay. um, which would be super bantam weight, which is 122 pounds. Now everybody's rolling their eyes. Four pounds is not a big deal. Featherweight is 126, but... Um, when I'm at 126, I'm a very big girl for my weight class. Like I'm taller, stronger, bigger than everybody I fight. So, okay. you know, try taking four, four pounds off of nothing is, is <laughs> tough. <laughs> uh, the documentary is Jelena. So what was it called? I mean, it's named after yeah. you. So yeah. So what was it crazy. like, like seeing, like you showed me the poster for it. So what's it like seeing that? And then I don't know if you've seen a final cut of it, but you've seen some of it. What was it like? So I've seen probably five or six versions of this. Um, Pollyanna's been putting it all together and, and all the footage. They had a ton of footage of everything. And every time I have seen this documentary, I have seen a different movie. Like, mm. so, you know, the first time I hated it. And, and not because it wasn't a good product. I hated it because I hated watching myself. And I, and I didn't think about that. You know, like I said, I kind of like instinctually said yes to this. Mm -hmm. um, I had that gut feeling and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Kind of not thinking about the final product and the final anything. I just, I was in training camp, you know, we, we had to make a decision and we had to go with it. And now this week has been a little stressful because everybody's been asking me all these questions like, are you nervous? Like, what about people like judging it? And what do you think people are going to think? And I was like, well, you know, I kind of didn't think of that part. <laughs> like, whoops, <laughs> like probably should have thought the whole picture out. But um, so, yeah. So the first time I watched it. I was extremely critical of myself, you know, like they had a couple slow-mo shots where I was getting the crap kicked out of me and I was like, man, did you have to show how many times I got hit in training? Like, <laughs> come on, like, geez, like, yeah. 
it wasn't that bad. Like, it didn't feel that bad. And, and so Milan looks at me and goes, maybe we should film every time you spar then. <laughs> so, I mean, the process was kind of cool. Um, you know, I've seen five more versions of that, which were completely different. And I was saying to you, kind of off air, now that I can remove myself from from critiquing myself, um, and I, I you kind of get lost in the documentary now, and, and it is such a cool story, and it's something that I haven't seen before. And I watch a lot of things on athletes and, and boxing, especially, and and I kind of got lost in it the last time I saw it, and I loved it. Um, the, the music's awesome, the directing's awesome, the producing, and you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And I haven't seen the final version, so um, I'll be seeing that the first time on, on um, on Friday, so I'm excited. Well, that's awesome. So, yeah, the private screening on Friday, April 11th for the public at the, at Garneau. the Garneau, and you're getting ready to fight on May 18th. Yeah. Jelena Marjanovic, thank you so much for coming in. All thank the best. Thank you so much. Oilers broadcast tomorrow at 5.30. Go ahead. You got one more thing? Uh, I just want to thank everybody who got behind me for the premiere. Um, we had some sponsors, the Oilers Entertainment Group, um, Nelson Lumber, Independent Jewelers, always a great sponsor, Zinc Catering, River City Rentals. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends, Century <laughs> Century Vision Care, Harmon B. Moe sponsored it, um, the event. Nova Hotels, my family. Groove Picks did the produ- production. It's amazing. Telus Optic Team. TV. It will also be on Telus Optic, Optic TV uh, April 24th. Okay. And, um, of course, KO Boxing and uh, The Bass by RVH. Jelena, thanks for coming in. Thank you very much. This has been Inside Sports on 630 Chad. I'll talk to you at 530 tomorrow for the Oilers broadcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.